Welcome everyone to the 30th episode of The Cuckoo's Nest. This is Stephanie. Today's episode is pretty exciting for me because it's New Year's Eve and I've been podcasting since the beginning of May and it just feels like such an accomplishment, a practice that I really wanted to just do for fun. For the first time in my life, there were no goals of, you know, monetizing everything or reaching a certain number of listeners. This is genuinely me sharing my thoughts and hoping that we can all connect in a different way during these new times. So two things are on the docket. I first would like to deliver on my promise with information about the female reproductive system and more specifically today, the hormones that are just coursing through our bodies. Then in celebration of the end of the calendar year of 2020, I just wanted to do a recap of everything that I think really shaped this year for me and my thought process along the way. So first, this discussion about female hormones is coming from In the Flow by Alyssa Vitti. And the reason I'm even spotlighting this is because I didn't even know about half of these things. So I'm very shocked every time I turn a page in this book because it just seems like it's information I should have learned a long time ago and just had ready access to. Now, granted, I didn't go down like a pre-med route, so I'm sure I would have learned some of this stuff if I chose to pivot into the medical field. But I mean, I just feel like this is not knowledge that should be behind the wall of medicine. It should just be common knowledge. And as much as, you know, washing hands are very important for public health, I think all people biologically should understand what's going on. So my small little service today is just to discuss the ones that she highlights, and it's all a discussion about the endocrine system and how it's basically a bunch of glands that try to achieve some type of homeostasis in your body based on what's going on. So I'm just going to go down a list, and as I um, shout them out, I'm just going to go through why she highlights it and why it's important and what the distinction is for the female body and its interaction with the hormone and as opposed to the male body. And I do want to make sure everyone realizes this. I am not an expert. I am not certified in anything. I did not go to med school. I'm not here to provide any type of medical advice. I just thought this was very interesting information and, you know, I'm filing it in my brain and I wanted to share. So first, the big one is estrogen. This is produced primarily by the ovaries and in small amounts by the adrenal glands and fat cells. So the estrogen hormone is just the most responsible one for all of the changes. It pushes your body through ovulation and thickening um, uterine lining. So it's the one that really drives that monthly cycle. And this was the really interesting part. It actually can protect you from dementia, bone density loss, heart disease, and high blood pressure. So that's just a spotlight on estrogen. Then there's progesterone, which I've heard of, haven't really read too much about it. So all of this was new to me, what I'm about to share. 
So um, progesterone is actually, it, it kind of goes up and down. All of these do, um, the hormone levels. They go up and down according to your cycle. And so apparently progesterone only kicks in around ovulation and it controls and maintains the buildup of the uterine lining. So that's also a very important part of the reproductive system, but I just did not know that it was progesterone driving that. Now, progesterone also counterbalances estrogen and promotes relaxation, improves sleep, and enhances moods. Who would have known? Testosterone. We all have it, um, but it's in a lower level in women. It's associated with sex drive and actually gives you a bit of a surge during and after ovulation because that's when you're supposed to be most sexual and Biologically speaking, that's the best window for people to get pregnant. So testosterone is also changing in the female body throughout each month. Then we have the last four. I'm just going to list them out first. Uh, Follicle-stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone, and then insulin and cortisol. So first for follicle-stimulating hormone, I, what the heck? (laughs) It's the first time. I even read this in a book somewhere and they shorten it to FSH and it's released by the pituitary gland in the brain, stimulates ovarian follicles to mature. So I guess as, as it's increasing in your body, it can affect whether or not an egg will be released. I would love to read more about this. Hopefully I can find a pretty good article um, breaking it down a little bit more because I just didn't realize how important the follicles were because that's where the egg comes from actually. So I would love to read a little bit more about the hormone and figure out how it could possibly affect my body on a day-to-day basis. Then luteinizing hormone, same thing. No idea what it is. I've never seen this in a book somewhere, shortened to LH, but it's also released by the pituitary gland in um, during ovulation, and it's to trigger the release of the mature egg. So first you have to have the follicles actually kind of doing their thing. Um, they have to mature first, and then the luteinizing hormone kicks in and helps release the egg. Now, finally, we have insulin and cortisol. Those are a little more commonplace, but the reason why insulin's even brought up is that it's because it ushers in the glucose into your body cells so it can be used for energy. So insulin levels are really important if you're trying to get pregnant um, and can actually lead to irregularities in the menstrual cycle. So I had no idea. Um, however, I do know that diabetes is always a concern for pregnant women. So I'm wondering if it has something to do with that. And finally, cortisol, it's um, the body's primary stress hormone, and it regulates the body's, I'm going to, I'm going to try, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. Small doses of cortisol can be a good thing, but chronically high levels of the hormone can disrupt ovulation, decrease progesterone levels, sap your sex drive, and cause fertility problems. So cortisol is usually something I hear related to like sports, um, but it's apparently very important. And all of these that I just listed, I'll list them again in a second, are just very important to be aware of. And again, I want to learn more just because I... My education was very lacking uh, when it came to sex ed. (laughs) 
But again, the hormones are estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, follicle-stimulating hormone, FSH, luteinizing hormone, LH, insulin, and cortisol. So that's my little service of trying to share some knowledge about the female reproductive system and our hormones. Finally, I'm going to switch to a recap of my year of 2020. It's been a big year. Um, I don't think I could have anticipated half of what I've been doing (laughs) or experiencing or however you want to categorize it. But I think the best way to give you an idea of the whole year is to just give you highlights of big events and just talk about what was going on in the time. And I really encourage you all to also think about your year. And it's not about accomplishing anything. It's just about having survived a pandemic, knowing that you're loved and doing the best you can every single day. So my 2020 started pretty rough. I was not enjoying my job. And to be honest, I was starting to realize that something was wrong. You know, I wasn't thriving at my jobs. And when I turned around, I realized I'd placed a lot of blame onto my partner just because I I had no tools. I didn't know what the heck was going on. And so I, it was a very tough decision to give up um, the safety of money. <laughs> but I had the support of family and friends to say, you know, if it's the right decision, we're here. Let's just do one thing at a time. So I quit in mid-January. It was just like, no, I'm not dealing with this. I'm not putting up with the manipulation and whatnot. And it shouldn't have affected me, but my managers were just relentless, you know, very good at the passive aggressive um, and never being direct, you know, just everything was always so indirect. Like, can you guys just, can we please just talk and stop with all of this? And Suffice it to say, I didn't have a very thriving relationship with my direct manager. She was also not very um, personable. So anyways, after that, I spent some time just vegging out. I didn't know what to really do with myself, but I had planned to see my cousin for the longest time in Taiwan. So I planned all of that, but here's the crazy timeline that I was working with. My partner had just gone to Asia to visit his family, came back and said, hey, there's something going on in China and people are buying masks and I think we should just start being very careful. Nothing from the government. This is February. And it's like, okay, well, if anything, if I go to Taiwan, it'll be safer there than here. (laughs) And that was not at all an over-exaggeration. I mean, when I showed up, thank goodness I had um, actually my cousin's friend who kind of accompanied me on the trip um, because he was going as well. So we just happened to be on the same flight and and flying together. And he's like, all right, um, you know, sanitize and definitely here's your mask. You know, we got to really be careful. They might not even let you in the country if you seem like you're sick. Uh, turns out I threw up on the plane three times because I got a little too ambitious in the airlines lounge <laughs> before we took off. So that was not fun. But Taiwan was a great example, still is a great example of how to contain something, uh, contain a virus. And first of all, they do benefit from being an island country. But, you know, they had an amazing rollout, a 128 step 
plan to get through the pandemic. And I mean, people are going clubbing still, going to restaurants. People still have access to masks. Um, you know, it's it's night and day compared to the States. But I'm really glad I went because, first of all, I finally got to see my cousin and he showed me, you know, as much as he could. And then... It was when I came back that things started to hit me that, you know, I was in the airport um, SFO, you know, dealing with no one wearing masks, really. And this was when things were starting to get really crazy. And I don't know how I did this, but somehow I planned my flight to come back right before the order went down. And so I could have been stuck. I got very, very lucky. You know, my partner picked me up and we're like, oh, God, we got to we got to rethink all of our plans. I mean, I was still supposed to go to Colorado to see my friends, but it was like, okay, now it's locked down. And then the order came out. And then, ugh, I mean, we all know everything that happened after that. But in some ways it helped me because I could make a lot of jumps without being judged. And I didn't have to go anywhere. You know, there was no expectation during the pandemic that I should be traveling anywhere or, um, exerting myself too much. So that led to pursuing couples counseling with my partner and a move because it just made more practical sense if we didn't have to be in the city at all. Um, and through that is how I got my complex PTSD diagnosis. And at some point, things came to a head though, and I really needed a break. And I kind of ran away to Colorado in August and just hung out there for a week or two because I just, I needed the time away. The pandemic was just driving me nuts. And I'm glad I did because it was really good to actively reach out to friends who love me and care about me. Um, and I could trust that they were all being safe as well. So um, this is where, you know, I landed in Denver. Amelia picked me up, drove me all the way to Grand Junction. And like, that was an amazing thing that she did for me. Um, and then I hung out with my friend and hitched a ride with him out to Colorado Springs and then eventually back to Denver. So it was a really good trip that I needed in the middle of the pandemic. We all stayed as safe as we could. Um, however, it did change my mind about my friend's wedding at the end of September. I didn't want to go into an airplane and all of that. I was just like, I'd rather try my best being in one place. So I took the train. You know, I didn't want to drive by myself. And there was a train. And I was able to just settle in and feel safe, feel comfortable. And um, it was kind of a fun adventure, actually. So in October, that's when I came back ready to kind of tackle my life again. You know, I was ready to be like, okay, it's Q4. What's 2020 going to mean for me? And then there it all followed, the career pivot and the teaching. And I, it's been nonstop ever since. Um, I am so thankful for my friends. Um, mom really kind of giving me that final push and saying, like, you can do it. It's a really tough time, but you can do it. And I just needed that. I needed the support. Um, actually, his sister was also really great, too. So one day, um, as I've mentioned before, I would like to do a huge thank you episode to everyone who's helped me get to where I am. And, you know, not to discount any of the people who helped me while I was trying to become a lawyer because I needed the help then, too. It just wasn't the right path, but I'm still thankful for everyone who I have crossed path with 
and have really benefited from a friendship or mentorship relationship with. So to sum it all up, though, I think the biggest thing I've learned this year is to just not care about what anyone says, anyone's expectations. You know, I was at a point where I'd be like, well, if I did this, I know this person's going to say this. Or if I did this, then this person's going to be really frustrated with me. And you know what? I don't care anymore. And I I would say to anyone, (laughs) because I know the coping mechanisms that work for me, I am working on lowering my defense mechanisms, but also trusting my body more. And the reading list that I shared with you all, the intention was to, again, give you an idea of how I'm trying to shape who I am and what resources I'm tapping into. So what I've really, really enjoyed, though, through all of this is the fact that I've been able to share with you all for the past, well, intensely since July, so the past five, six months. This is the 30th episode, which, again, I could never have imagined happening, but I'm so glad to have celebrated with you all as often as I could. I am so thankful that you all tuned in. It is likely that the format will change a little bit as I start the new year and start the new job, but I will keep you all updated, and my intention is always, always to connect, so bear with me, and I appreciate you all. Happy New Year. This is Stephanie.